Y'all are super nosy and they love it. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perf. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. Kate Doster here of katedoster.com, and I am super excited to be in your ear holes today. So we are on part three of our Ask Me Anything month in June. So last week, I answered your questions that you submitted on Instagram about newsletters the week before. Honestly, it was... I grouped all together like the podcasting and tech questions, but it was a lot more podcasting questions. If you have any more of them, feel free to ask. I can always do an episode on it. I don't ever plan on ever releasing a product or freebie around podcasting, but I'm an open book when it comes to how I do my thing. So this week is what I have rounded up as CEO and personal questions. So if you're like, "Mm, okay, I got some other stuff to do. I don't need to hear all about you. Then of course you can go ahead and listen to our next week's episode, what to send your list in July. And then we're going to round out since there are five Fridays in June with questions that you guys asked me around launching and selling. So really, really excited for that. I have the questions that I'm going to be answering down below as well, in case if you're like, ooh, I am kind of interested in these, since they're they're a little bit all over the place for this one. So the first question I got asked, this is a really, really great question. I don't think enough people are talking about it, is how do you plan for retirement when you run an online business like you do? So I am in the United States and the person on Instagram didn't say where they're from, but the majority of my audience does tend to be from the US. So I'm going to say that you're from the US. So I live in the United States. I do have an associates in accounting, but I'm not an accountant. I'm not your accountant. All of this is for informational purposes only. So that way you can ask the correct people, the correct questions, right? So for the longest time I had a SEP IRA, I just set it up at my bank. So it's an S P an S E P I R A. Okay. That's what you're going for when you're self-employed. If you are a sole proprietorship, meaning that you pay self-employment tax, every cent really that the business makes you take in. I was before I had moved, I was an LLC, but essentially I got taxed as a sole proprietorship. It just had that extra layer of protection. So that retirement vehicle works for me as well. Right now, since I moved states and I had to dissolve my old LLC and start a new one, it actually made way more tax sense for us to be an LLC that filed as an S corp. So talk to your accountant about that or do some research online to see if that's what's best for your situation. YouTube has some really great videos. So essentially it's almost like having our own corporation with that. I am officially an employee and an owner. So I get paid with a paycheck and we use gusto for that. KateDoster.com forward slash gusto. If you want to check it out. And right now at the time of this recording, we're currently setting up a benefits package through gusto. They have like an add on service that you could add So we're actually setting up a 401k for KD Communications LLC. That's the business. So I get to contribute to it as a person and then the business gets to match it. So 
you know, kind of like real normal-ish people do. So I'm very excited. Um, I have to be honest with you. I have to see if I can still continue to fund the SEP IRA. I honestly do not know. Usually most people don't end up contributing to that till around tax time. Although technically any point in the year you can contribute to it, but as a sole proprietor or an LLC who gets taxed as a sole proprietor, it, you can technically add money to it anytime to set it up. I always say, go to your bank. Some credit unions might have this in their financial suite. They may or may not. So go to where you've been banking since you were 17 and got your first paycheck. I don't think that there's any need to try to set one up yourself or do something online and get scared or intimidated, or even go to a big investment housing. If you haven't ever done this before, go to your local credit union. If they offer it, go to your local bank and just set it up there. Now that's like the tax savings vehicles that I'm using. The other thing that we have actively been looking at is to be investing in rental properties. So we sold our first house for double what we paid for it, which was extremely exciting, but there just aren't any deals that make sense in the current market for us to have as an investment property. So for right now, that money, um, is sort of sitting. Um, I've always been really interested in things like investments. Um, I don't do anything that I consider outlandish, like, um, futures or any of that sort of stuff or cryptocurrency. I've got like, you know, a little money that I'll play around with, with that. But for the most part, I tend to invest stocks with a very Warren Buffett frame of mind, which is look for things that are undervalued, but that have good numbers behind it. I like things that are nice and dependable, but I have some money that I will, you know, put in companies that I believe in. I believe in their mission. Um, again, I like to treat it very conservatively, but that is our ultimate goal is to have investment properties and a portfolio that my money just makes me money, just makes me money. And it's not my brain that is making all the money. So I hope that that answers that question. Again, do not be intimidated. Definitely go to YouTube, learn some things first, and then go to a financial planner, then go to an accountant. All right. So the next question that we have is what's your McDonald's moment? Oh, so I've shared this before and there's a couple of questions on here that I have shared before, but I'm going to go ahead and include them anyways, because you might not want to have to go back to all my old episodes to hear them. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know, anytime that we have a guest, I ask them, what's your McDonald's moment, that moment where your business, it was just so hard and tenuous that you're just like, I think I would rather go work at a McDonald's or drive Uber. And there's nothing wrong with those things. You just don't want to be your own boss anymore. You just don't, you're done <laughs> again for myself. Are you sending buckets of free value every single week to your email list, but nobody's opening? Or maybe you know that the key to writing emails that people want to feverishly refresh their inboxes for is the fact that you need to add your personality, but you are so boring. Even white bread is like, mm, too dull for me there, son. Then you want to make sure that you head on over to katedoster.com forward slash free training. When you do, you'll be able to sign up for my on-demand free training, the cookie method, how to write 
emails so good they lick their screen. Where you're gonna learn the single type of freebie that took one of the students of Love Your List to over 7,000 new subscribers in one year when it literally took her seven years to get her first 1,000. You're also, of course, gonna learn how to write those emails oozing with personality, even if you've got none, and the single greatest copywriting technique that has generated myself and my students well over $2 million worth of product sales and it does nothing to do with timers or even adding testimonials. And spoiler alert, they've actually used this to generate thousands of dollars when they didn't have a product themselves. So head on over to katebosser.com forward slash free training now, or go ahead and click the link below. Uh, I want to say I've had different mini ones. Uh, recently was when we had to let a staff member go, who was also a family and friend. Um, that was really, really tough. I don't think that I was ever going to like quit the business over it, but it was, it was a difficult thing to do. Very, very emotional. But the actual McDonald's moment was back in 2018. So we had just launched Love Your List. I had stopped taking copywriting clients at the top of the year because I just went into courses. Definitely should have kept a couple of those clients in my back pocket. Again, I left all on really great terms, so I'm sure that they would have come back with me, but definitely should have had that steady flow of income because as a copywriter who writes and gets well-known, you can charge a a large sum for what you do. And with courses being a one-to-many model and having a lot of mindset issues, I really had underpriced the product suite that I had and my audience was pretty small as well. So I don't want to say it was a recipe for disaster, but it wasn't looking so hot. And then GDPR came out at that time and nobody knew how to deal with it. None of the tools like, you know, the convert kits, the active campaigns, the mail chips, and nobody knew how to deal with it. Nobody rolled out any of their stuff. And so I had beta launched love your list. It was the first iteration and I pre-sold it. So I had like two of the modules done and then all of the stuff with tech came up. Everybody had these questions. Like nobody, nobody knew what to do. Nobody could get an answer. It was just a big mess. And then my grandmother got sick. And when you work from home, a lot of people still don't think you have a real job, which we're going to talk about that next week. And (laughs) I had to take care of her. And then she ended up passing away. And so like, here I was, I'd cut off my main source of revenue. I couldn't finish the course because no one knew what they were doing. And like, I was just having anxiety attack after anxiety attack. And I was just like, I just, I, I couldn't. And I was the sole breadwinner at the time because my husband's job in 2017, when I was still taking copywriting clients, um, had shut down. So it's like, oh, well you can just stay home cause I'll support us. So it was, oh, it was the perfect storm, but we pushed through, um, there was a couple of events that we were a part of actually one of the first free bundles that I was in. Somebody else was running it. And, um, just with that and with the traction that we had gained, I managed to survive our family of four on pretty much essentially just email marketing fairy sales, which was banana pants and I would not recommend it, but yeah, it was, it was really, really tough. Uh, what got me out of it was being able to have that anxiety space, giving some space. I offered the people who were in the beta version of love your list. Uh, they could have a full refund and they could go on their way. Uh, they could ask for half or they could just bear with me. Um, they knew kind of the beginning of the story, but then I will be honest with you. I did the worst thing that you can do. And, and I ghosted them. I did. It was awful. So shockingly, I only think like three, 
free people, not even asked for a full refund. One person asked for half back and everyone else was just like, take care of yourself. We understand. And I mean, they ended up getting a tremendous amount of value <laughs> out of it because now the course is so much more than what they paid for it, and they've had it for so long and they get every iteration and their update, but it was, it was rough. <laughs> it was, it was really, really rough. I have to say. So lessons learned out of that. There's going to be a perfect storm. Always work on your mindset. It is so, so important. And it's so important to build connections in the industry. Like the only reason why I was in that free bundle and why I had gotten so much exposure and why I was able to generate a livable income off of someone else's event for quite a while was because I had replied back to her email like a couple months before and just telling her how much I loved the event. And then it turns out we lived near each other and it was very serendipitous. So just do that remember to breathe. And if you have to ghost your people or you are having a hard time, be honest with them sooner. That's all I have to say. That's, that's the biggest regret that I have is that I didn't just tell the listies, look, you guys knew it was a beta. You knew you only had the two modules. I was unaware that GDPR was going to mess this up so bad. And then everything going on with my grandmother, I just, I couldn't. And I just, I, I can't right now. Um, I wish I had done that a lot sooner rather than ghosting them. But well, around from that, you can tell I'm just like, oh, going back to that time, it's, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. So here's a non-rough question. It is, how did you find your VA? So I'm guessing that you're talking about Abby because you guys have heard in other episodes, uh, the quarterly income report, I think we talk about this. I mean, again, like I said, some of these questions I know I've already answered, but I can't remember what episode. So you're getting the answer again. So my main VA and I call her more of my integrator, the COO, uh, her name is Abby. I met her actually through my friend who's also my creative director, Rita. So Rita came in back when I started getting my, when I started getting my footing with Love Your List 1.0, and that's why 2.0 came up so soon because it's so much negative energy tied to 1.0. When 2.0 came out and the business is really starting to pick up, I was just drowning because I was literally doing everything myself. So Rita offered to, you know, help for a couple hours a month, uh, take care of podcast editing, some little things here and there. And then what the stuff that I needed have done was re- on, truly honestly above Rita's pay grade. And she's like, Hey, I actually have somebody that I'm working with that I think you guys would get along really well. And that was Abby. And that was in August of 2019 is when she officially got hired. It was for, um, maybe a couple of hours a week and quote, now Abby is laughing. <laughs> um, and it was just to proofread things. That was, that was it. And then once I started delegating to her because she was so trustworthy and she had great turnaround time. And she's honestly, I have never seen anyone so passionate about being a supporting player that I have with her. And she has all of the qualities that I don't have. And I just, it was a match made in heaven. So it was honestly just a referral. Um, and that's the same thing with Rita. Rita kind of saw that, that I was drowning and she was like, dude, do you want some help? Cause I've, I've got some extra hours. And I was like, yes. Oh dear God. Yes. Because I was so drowning and so in the weeds that actually looking for somebody hiring, filtering, job posting, interviewing, like I didn't even have the bandwidth. So 
that is Steele and how I found my VA. Uh, at the time of this recording, we are looking to bring on a junior associate, which is really exciting. I wouldn't say that you want it right now because this, I'm recording this a little bit early. So it's one of those things that we're currently looking at, but that one we're we're hiring first for a big project that we want worked on. And then I think once the big project is over, we are going to look for a more permanent member of our team. So I'm very excited for that. Very excited. What are some of your favorite podcasts? So I'm going to go in and grab my phone because I don't want to mispronounce anyone's title because it's hard working on a podcast and you need to make sure that people get the correct name. So I love the Oh My Growth podcast. It's O-M-G and then Roth technically if you want to. Um, it's by Laney and Lamar. You know, guys know I love Laney. I, I love this show so much. I love all the sound effects. I love the laniness. I just, I absolutely love it. It's, oh God, it's just such a good one. I am also a really big fan, even though I have her course, I do listen to the Summit Host Hangout. Um, that's by Krista Miller. I think that one's really good. I love No Stupid Questions. It's by Dr. Angela Duxworth um, and the gentleman who wrote Freakonomics Radio. It comes out every Sunday. They talk about the most random things. And again, as somebody who, if I found behavioral economics, I would have gone into it. I just... They just talk about things that are so nerdy and so fascinating to myself. Um, I used to love the Lively show by Jess Lively, but she's really, really sporadic now. So I wouldn't really count that. Um, and I also like, what is it all for by Carolyn and Jason Azuk. I think they're really, really great people. I mean, I have so many, the get paid podcast. You guys know that I love that show a lot. I like a lot of shows where it's not so much teaching skills, but it is just people talking about how they run their own business or like episodes like these. Those are the things that I find really, really fascinating. But I mean, I used to listen to ones that were really super like educational business rich. It's just, I'm at a different stage of the business right now. And for funsies, I, uh, cause you gotta have the funsy ones. It's the Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast. I love Conan. He's so funny. Um, why won't you date me by Nicole Breyer? I love her. She's very just zany and fun. Um, she's very sex positive. So if that sort of stuff doesn't drive with you, that's not going to be a podcast for you. And then <laughs> I know this one that I like is the bald and the beautiful with Trixie Mattel and Katya. I just, they're drag queens. I love them. Just everything, 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 everything. So I hope that answers some questions and it gives you some stuff to listen to after you're done listening to this episode. What books are you reading right now? And then I have a, what are some of your favorite business books? So the books that I am reading right now, cause I'm one of those people that I have like a million books <laughs> and I've got like books and cues, but I try to read a whole book before I get to the next one. So currently I'm on leveraging the universe, seven steps to engaging life's magic. I feel like this book could have been, I mean, it's good, but I feel like it could have been at least 150 pages like smaller. I, there's a lot of fluff in it, in my personal opinion. So I'm skimming it, but there's some really, really great principles. So I am glad that I'm reading that one. Um, I also have this one's for Fonz. I usually read it a little bit before bed. It's another Trixie and Katya book, uh, <laughs> the guide to modern womanhood. That just, I just watch it to giggle. It's satire. It's amazing. The next real book that is on tap is radical candor, how to be a kick butt boss. That's not what they say. Um, 
without losing your humanity. It's by Kim Scott. I'm really excited for that. Um, the stage that I'm in right now with our business, it's really just about stepping into that CEO role, being a really great leader. And I am an Enneagram, which is actually one of the next questions. What Enneagram are you? Which I thought was interesting. And they also asked my Myers-Briggs. I always forget the letters for that, guys. But I'm an Enneagram 2-3, which means I'm a people-pleasing entrepreneur, which is kind of an oddball mix. They're not, they're not usually so close together, but because I am still that people pleaser, I have a hard time. I feel giving feedback effectively and not making decisions fast enough because I'm worried about it or, you know, Oh, well, you know, maybe we should bend the rule for this like that. So that's really what I'm trying to work on is being a really great leader, not only in the company, but to be a great leader for you guys as well. So that is some stuff that I'm reading now. My favorite business books. So my favorite business books, I love Run Like Clockwork. If you were in that particular stage of business, I'll be honest, some parts, I'm, uh, I'm finding this with books lately. Some parts I feel are a little bit over-explained, but the concepts in Run Like Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, um, Adrian Dorson was a consulting partner on it. The new one that they're coming out with, she might actually get co-writing credits. I'm not quite sure. Um, it was just valuable having those frameworks, the ACDC framework. We talk about that in my quarterly income report, attract, convert, deliverability, and cash flow. It's just such easy silos to look at your business and be like, where are those bottlenecks? Which is also a term for them. So anyone who's a bit more advanced in their business, uh, or even like intermediate, or like say just got out of beginners slash intermediate, I think reading it is is worth it. It's really, really worth it. So I love, 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 love that business book. I love Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert because I'm a creative at heart. Was not a fan of Eat, Pray, Love, but I love Big Magic. That's a really great one to listen to as well. And this is not a business book, but for me it is. And that is The Year of Yes by Sandra Rhimes. I listen to that every single year, sometimes twice a year, because it's just, oh, especially on Audible, guys, I'm telling you, um, you can go to katedoster.com forward slash free book. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm telling you, listen to the auto version of that book, The Year of Yes. It is, oh, it's the best. And she even sliced in some of the speeches that she's had. It's just, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. So that's, those are my favorite business books. So we've got two more questions and then we are done with this particular one. First one is what is your morning routine like? And the second one is, do you journal every day? So I figured those kind of can get smushed together. <laughs> morning routine. Uh, my kids go to elementary school. They, when we moved, they really wanted to do the hybrid of being in building and getting to be home. So we decided to let them do it <laughs> after we moved. So, uh, it was like April when they started to do that. So really I, before we had moved to this house, I had gotten into a really, really great groove of, you know, getting up early, doing my bike riding, which I would always do on my Instagram stories. Some people had asked me like, are you still biking? So I didn't throw this in that question in here, but yes, I still bike, but not as much in the morning anymore. But when we moved to this house, I started having a really hard time sleeping because we went from a small three bedroom ranch to like this really 
really big, like a tripled in size house. And our kids now sleep upstairs and we sleep downstairs in the master suite wing, which sounds so fancy. And so I don't sleep well at night because my mom brain is always trying to listen for the kids. So getting up earlier than them just isn't feasible (laughs) anymore. It's just not working. So my morning routine is basically getting up, making sure that they have breakfast that they're fed. I'll usually listen to a podcast or something. Um, I'll sit with them while they eat their breakfast, get them ready for school. My husband and I drop them off and then I will come home. I'll ride the bike for at least 10 minutes. That's like my minimum every day, 10 minutes, got to move those legs. And then I will get right to, to work. So that's much for journaling. I only do journaling when something feels stuck, wrong or off. And like, I can just tell like what's sort of going on here. So Sometimes it'll just be free journaling. Other times it'll be like, I can tell there is like a thought that's crossing my mind or something that's weighing on me too heavily or something that's just sort of stealing my confidence, sort of like a confidence vampire, I'm going to call it. And I'm just like, what is going on with there? Like I need to rearrange that energy. It is way too funky. So sometimes I'll journal it out. Sometimes I'll talk it out because I am a big talker. There'll be other times where I'll be in a funk and I'm just like, I need to be higher vibe. So like I will listen to, I have all of Amanda Francis's stuff because I used to coach with her. So I'll be like, what, what program do I need to listen to? What module? Like it'll just like pop into my head and be like, Oh, that one and this one. So I will listen to like a 30 minute training for her. Um, I also have a couple of courses cause I got it through a bundle from Katrina Ruth. So maybe I'll listen to that. And they always have really great journal prompts or things to think about. I always find that I'll end up getting what I need. I do think that I want to try to get more into the habit of journaling a little bit more daily about like, my desires and my goals and why they're there. I think it's, I used to do that a lot when I was really, really, really working on mindset. And uh, I think that'd be a good practice to bring back. I think so. Cause why not? Like I said, I'm all about doing everything I know how to do logically, physically listening to my gut, but also like going inward. So the last question that I actually almost skipped over, I had to re-edit this and include it was if you could do anything over in your business, what would it be? Do you have any regrets? So I don't believe in regrets. I think that everything is a lesson learned. I mean, obviously you heard about my McDonald's moments. I think, I think that perhaps a, a lot of stuff could have happened differently, but I think that it needed to happen the way that it happened in order for me to have my perspective now. And so when I sat down to really, really think about it, I think the reason why this inadvertently got skipped was really subconsciously. And that's because the answer is extremely awkward. It's not hiring. It's not even doing more collaborations. It's not higher prices. 100% if I was to do anything core to the different in my business, I would have started and focused on a YouTube channel instead of this podcast, which I know is really, really awkward, especially since two episodes ago, we talked all about podcasting podcasting did not in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and even now, not a good discoverability platform. It just, it isn't. You have to make it work. I have never seen in any Google search ever a podcast episode come up or any, even if it's a full written out blog post, I've never seen any with a podcast player in it. They're just, they're not searchable. Like who's literally searching in podcasts for certain topics. I mean, maybe you might be usually looking for other shows, but it's highly likely that you're using iTunes, Apple podcasts, Spotify as a search engine in that same way. You probably found other podcasts because 
somebody was a guest on them or because Apple suggested it and that's it. Whereas I think to myself, if I had 184 YouTube videos, granted the style would have been a little different than here. There was so much more room for the algorithm to play in my favor because there is one on YouTube as opposed to the podcast. But I was ashamed of the way that I looked physically. I was ashamed of the way my surroundings were. And so I didn't get on video. And so I let my fear rob me of all of the people that I could have helped. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't helped you, my longtime listeners. And I'm not saying I would have had a podcast because 100% a podcast was going to happen. I would have done YouTube first and then a podcast second, as opposed to the way I'm doing it now, which is super backwards. So that's it. I know it was hella awkward. That's why I think I skipped over it. So guys, that is it. Next week, we're going to take a break from ask me anything. We're going to talk about what to send your list in July. Also, just so you guys know, we are going to be taking the month of July off. I'm not going to be coming back until mid August. We might have a bonus episode, um, here and there in between, but we are going to be taking off all of July until just about August 18th. We might come back on the 11th, but I don't want to promise anything quite yet, but we'll be back in your ear holes by August 18th with some new solo episodes, new guest episodes. I'm so excited for all of those things. Like I said, it was an additional way to sort of end that <laughs> regret question, um, to talk about the podcast. But again, I love being honest and frank with you guys. And that's just the truth. There's just not that much easy searchability. There is no algorithm really working to your favor in podcasting. It is all boots on the ground. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.